now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Okay, we're going to talk about aviation apparel today. If anything I've learned over the years doing this show and going to events like Sun and Fun and Air Venture and pretty much any hangar you, would, you go to is that aviation enthusiasts, pilots in particular, love aviation-themed stuff. And it goes, you know, goes all the way down to the patches they put on their bomber jackets. And uh, one of the stories we have to kick off the show today involves Winnie the Pooh. I guess it's the latest craze for pilots. It and it started from the T- Taiwanese Air Force, I guess, or some. They created some patch of Winnie Pooh, Winnie the Pooh getting punched by a bear. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's exactly what it is, and it's got, of course, the the Taiwanese flag on the uh, and uh, you know showing the the Chinese. And basically, it's you know Taiwan. Uh, there's there's been a lot of controversy. The Chinese have uh, done exercises where they've tried to encircle and cut off Taiwan from you know from outside and whatnot. And so this is their way of kind of rising up against uh, the tyrant and poking a little fun at them in, in the form of a patch. Yeah. And, and what is it? A President Xi from China supposedly looks like Winnie the Pooh. Is that the, the thing there, or what? I don't know. I, I think people have compared him. You know, he has a passing resemblance to Winnie the Pooh, hmm. and so there's oh, been a lot of. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but since it seems to be a lot of pushback, there there, there probably is some some grain of truth to the story that it's being you know anything Winnie the Pooh is being banned in China just because of that. That is. Uh... Uh, that's someone with a very thin skin or maybe feels he, he looks too much like Winnie. I, you know, Winnie the Pooh, I, I've always uh, I thought he was a beloved character. I would be happy to be compared to Winnie the Pooh, but I guess he's not. Is that what? The- well, you know, Winnie the Pooh also wasn't very smart. Uh, you know, kept getting his head stuck in the honey jar and things like that. So oh, I suppose he had a they, bunch that could of be really nice friends like Eeyore Piglet. And the whole thing, you know, Christopher Robin. Yeah, the Hundred Acre Wood. I mean, what's not to love? Uh, Evidently, uh, in China. China. Yeah, President doesn't like to be compared to Winnie the Pooh. Okay. So because of that, he's just poured gasoline on this fire. And uh, this patch has become so popular because they've come out against it, which means, of course, there's even more pilots, not just in uh, Taiwan. But all around the world, they want to get their hands on this patch and put it on their jacket. Is that it? Is that the deal? In summary, you bet. Uh, all of the online marketplaces, uh, you know, Redbubble, Etsy, whatever, you can get them there. Um, you know, just take a look, and you'll find that there's others as well. Uh, back when the balloon busting thing uh, hit its peak, there was uh, basically F-22s with you know shooting down a Winnie the Pooh shaped balloon. So, you know, yeah. even the U.S. pilots, uh, you know, kind of came up with their own squadron patches and things like that. So. Okay. Well, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if uh, the people behind Winnie the Pooh, what is that, Disney? I don't know who, who uh, owns the rights to Winnie the Pooh these days, but I'm guessing they don't like this. 
<laughs> but hey, pilots love it. And uh, so we're probably going to see Winnie the Pooh in more compromising positions on patches, T-shirts, and God knows what else. And you've heard it here first. So if you're uh, inclined to go down that road or or show your support for Taiwan or your dislike for China or whatever the case may be, I mean, I guess uh, Winnie the Pooh is going to be out there and showing up more and more. Uh, I'm not taking sides one way or another. I, I, I feel a little bit for Winnie the Pooh. I, you know, I hate to see... Winnie the Pooh go down that uh, path of destruction, but whatever. <laughs> it is kind of comical in a sense, too. And it just goes to show that uh, pilots and aviation enthusiasts are slightly twisted, and that's probably why we do this show and why we fit in so well, Dennis, you think? Uh, yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. think that that's the case. But, you know, it, this does kind of push uh, for maybe another reason to support uh, flight suits for general aviation pilots. You know, it kind of would be kind of geeky, but, you know, if we could all have our own little patches and promote our own causes and things like that and have something that's fire retardant and and a safety item, maybe this is the the way to finally get that uh, to be socially acceptable. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, it's not that it's not socially uh, socially acceptable. I think uh, pilots do that. They don't really care. You know, well, if uh, I roll up to uh, Orlando Air Executive, right, uh-huh. with the Mooney and jump out in a flight suit, I think I'm going to get some strange looks compared to if I jumped out of the cockpit wearing epaulets or mommy. Just, is know, that a Ghostbuster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks really fat. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess the whole flight suit thing uh, might be a bit over the top, but you know. Uh, when it comes to, you know, aviation thing caps and shirts and patches, you can still do it a little bit more subtly and, and, uh, and, and, you know, show your colors, so to speak. And it's something that we pride ourselves as pilots to let the world know that we're a pilot, uh, to our, not only to our fellow pilots, but to the rest of the world and basically, uh, telling the, everyone else, like, hey, I have a superpower. Hey, wouldn't you like to be me? I mean, that's part of it, isn't it? Uh, that's generally why everything I wear has some sort of an aviation logo on yeah. it, you know. They may you not know. see it that way, but we can, uh, you know, we can and uh, act like we're better than everybody else. Because, look, we can fly and you can't, so suck it. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, and, you know, for people that are in the know, um, you know, a lot of times you can get a chuckle. Uh, I was flying up to Minneapolis recently and wore a t-shirt that says, I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. Right. And the TSA people were laughing as I went through the checkpoint. That's awesome. Yeah. I or remove before flight. You yeah. Know, the well, key change, one, the t-shirt, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And people like look at you weird, like, you know, they don't, aren't familiar with the lingo. Uh, or, you know, the Charlie Foxtrot t-shirts, of course, is a, a big one as well. So there, there's a bunch of uh, insider lingo that you can throw out on a T-shirt or a hat or something that, you know, it's, uh, you know, shows that you're one of us. And uh, that's just part of being part of the club, part of the community. Right, Dennis? That's right. I mean, let's represent. And you can do it in a subtle way. I mean, there's some really nice uh, uh, T-shirts and polos and things out there that have got little subtle things like little paper airplanes and Things like that. You can still feel like you're wearing something aviation-themed, but be professional about it. Well, professional or fashionable, even. You know, got to look real close to notice that. If you ever see me in a suit, most likely it's going to have a Cirrus necktie with an F4 Phantom tie tack. You know, that's part of my wardrobe. That's just how I'm going to be. So what is the, the one piece of apparel that you probably cherish the most as a pilot? Do you have one? 
that kind of stands out above uh, all the others, like a particular hat with a you know plane on it or something or shirt or what? Well, you know, the the right answer is my just plain radio. Well, um, of course, duh. Fishing shirts; those are awesome, mm-hmm. and they're limited edition. Only I have them, right? You know? uh, but no, uh, I I still cherish my flight suit from my military days, and I have a whole collection of patches that I would routinely swap out on the shoulders because we weren't required to wear our squadron patches while we were in training, so. I would switch it out and put the the Minnesota Air National Guard patch, which I was a member of, or, you know, sometimes we would get a little bit more crazy and we'd put the, you know, something we picked up at the local, uh, local market. Um, you know, there were, there were some clever ones out there. Uh, I'll have to bust the collection out, maybe put some pictures online someday to share. Right. But, well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Star Trek patches were obviously quite fun. United Federation of Planets. Well, <laughs> you know, of course. Things like that. Yeah, but uh, that for a flight suit, that's one thing. But, you know, you could do it a little bit more subtly with a bomber jacket. You could put some of them on a, on one of those, couldn't you? Or yeah, but you? we live in Florida. How often well, do you exactly. wear a bomber jacket? Right, yeah. in your Fort, so, Fort Myers, yeah. You can wear a bomber jacket all of maybe one day a year in Florida. Yeah, maybe if two. You're, a wuss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if I get lucky, I get to wear my favorite hoodie, you know, maybe if, uh, five or six days during the year it gets cold enough. Or I take it up to Minnesota and wear it for five straight days. Well, know? and that's what you have to do. You bought this bomber jacket for a couple hundred bucks, and God knows you're going to use it. So you fly up north at least a few times a year so you can uh, get a little use out of your aviation apparel. All right, look, we're going to get back on track with some aviation news and information next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. All of a sudden, here comes my pilot, and oh, God. These guys are that cool, you just want to slug them. It's just not fair. They got the good hair, the good chin, they got that eyebrow that's always cocked. Nobody ever asks a pilot, what do you do for a living? Because they're like, what the hell do you think I do? Look at my eyebrow. And he is so cool. He goes, Bill, relax. I've been flying for 20 years, and I've only had to eject three times. Everything went great. You bragging about that? He goes, I'm just kidding. I've never had to eject. Oh, (laughs) lucky me, I got the funny pilot. (laughs) What kind of sick joke is that? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Now, I can't believe this has escaped our radar, but uh, finally last week, I hunkered down and I watched this uh, movie on Amazon Prime called On a Wing and a Prayer, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was surprised that Dennis hadn't put that on my radar before because... Uh, It's based on an incident that happened in Fort Myers. And uh, it's right where you uh, live, Dennis. Now, have you seen this movie? I have not. I've seen it on my uh, wish list or whatever you want to call it with Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it and, you know, it stars Dennis Quaid. So it's got, you know, some decent acting in it, I would hope. Yeah. But I'm just afraid that it's like every other movie that I've seen that's dealing with you know, it's over-sensationalizing a true-life story and adding a bunch of drama to it. And it's like, ah, I just, every time I watch those, every, they get so many things wrong and it just annoys me. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I will say that it's been on my list, on my Amazon Prime list for some time, at least a few weeks. And uh, I didn't really know much about it other than I could tell, okay, this is about... uh you know, some kind of pilot issue or something. I didn't even know, honestly, when I put it on my must-watch list that uh, it was based on true events. But I did watch it, and I will tell you, I give it a big two fins up. Or fins, um, that's my scuba rating. Two flaps up. I'll give it two flaps up, yeah, for aviation. Because uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised, and I, I had hesitated Partly for the same reason you talk about. It's like we see so many, you know, movies like this. You're like, oh, gosh, this will probably be cheesy. They won't have the, the flying quite right or whatever. But, you know, it starts right off based on uh, true events. And, uh, you know, it might be a little cheesy here and there. It's rated PG. It's very family friendly, which is fine, which is good, actually. You know, um, but the flying part of it, uh, it was interesting. I was watching it with my wife. And she was like, is it really like that? And I'm like, yeah, actually, they nailed it. Now, you know, it's based on an incident where, you know, there there's a problem and uh, a guy's flying his family in a King Air. And, uh, well, he's flying with his family, but the pilot in command uh, has a heart attack and, and dies in the air. And now he's had maybe a Discover flight and he has to figure out can he land this plane back in Fort Myers and save himself and his family? 
So, and, you know, on the surface, like, eh, it sounds a little, you know, fake. It was actually a real story. It actually really happened. And, uh, and you know, like I said, there are cer- certain elements of it are a little cheesy. But as far as the flying and what they go through with what the tower is trying to tell them how to uh, do this and uh, the lingo and everything, they obviously had uh, real pilots that were instructing the crew on how to how to talk and so they brought an actual aviation consultant in yes the no, there's production. no question they did uh because you know it was it was everything i was like wow that's very accurate and it starts off in the opening scene i think they're flying a 172 like he's doing a discover flight and and like uh you know a typical 172 and he's having a lot of problems landing the plane uh as you know they're trying to instruct him and he you know he kind of he kind of chokes. He's like, all right, this flying thing's not for me. And next thing you know, he's up in an airplane with his family. And he has to take the controls and figure out if he can actually land a King Air on top of uh, not being able to land like a 172 or something. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, well, and I've been watching the, the the trailer in the background here while we're doing this. And, you know, my, my fears were being... Uh, brought right to the forefront because i'm seeing the airplane spinning out of control right in a dive and the passengers coming up over the seat backs so i'm like how much over the top sensationalism you know there's most likely the guy died and it was autopilot was on so you know none of that would have happened so that's that's why i was like my fears were you know being further amplified by just watching the trailer well you know the fact that it's here in fort myers in uh my backyard right i'm going to have to watch it for scientific purposes, if nothing else. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because it is pretty, you know, uh, you know, if you're familiar with those airports, like obviously you would be, you're going to recognize a lot of, some, you know, familiar places. And, well, and, uh, talking and maybe about flying we take this, maybe we do Florida. this from a different perspective. We get out the notepad, we get out the BS bingo scorecard yeah. and a bottle of whiskey or rum and shots. And every time they screw something up, you got to take a shot or, you know, we could maybe make the movie enjoyable that well, way. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't think uh, you're going to do, be doing too many shots. I, I really don't. Okay. I, I mean, you have to, you're going to have to watch it and see what you think. Now, my wife turned to me and she said, she goes, is it really like that? I said, that's pretty accurate. And she, and she goes, well, I'm never flying with you then. <laughs> you know, cause <laughs> well, that's probably good. But if Pookie'd like to go for a ride for real, I'll take her. Up well, we you know, she, you know, they, they get caught in a lot of turbulence and the plane goes crazy. And then, you know, they're, you know, he's sweating bullets as he, you know, he's way in over his head. And especially when he did the discover flight and he was bouncing all over, it was pretty extreme. I said, I'm way better than that guy, Pookie. Don't worry. We're fine. And Pookie's what I call my wife, by the way. So it's, it's her, her air name, right? Her air tag. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, I, I said, oh, I'll be, I'm way better than him. I, it, it's, it, you know, it is accurate, but I'm a better pilot than him. And if that happened to us, trust me, we, we'd have no problem landing a King Air with the skills I already have. How about that? How about them cookies? You think that well, would happen? Yeah. I mean, Will you remember it? It was 110 hours to get you to finally land, according to Ed. Right. So. But I, I would be able to get it. <laughs> but that kid. was also six years ago. Well, it is true. But if I got in that situation where I had to, you know, uh, take uh, take over a King Air, even though it's a you know twin engine plane uh, with some instruction over the tower, I have no doubt I could get the plane down. May may mess up the landing gear. Okay, <laughs> but, I was going to say, is it going to be reusable? Uh, yeah, I'm not promising you know, that, but I do think the landing I, speed of a King Air is about the cruise speed of the 172 that well, you're used well, to. Well, exactly, but but uh, with any kind of experience at all flying 
a plane, I think most people, if they have a little bit of experience uh, flying, they they could be able to get a plane down uh, and probably do it and be able to walk away from it, hopefully, uh, without creating. Well, we had that just over a year ago in Fort Lauderdale. Remember the the pilot that had the uh, aortic aneurysm and passed out, and his passenger was able to land that. Well, that's kind of what uh, to a a wing and a prayer. That's a whole, you know, that's what happens to them. So we'll see volume two then in about another year, right? Yeah, maybe. That could be part two. All right. Go check it out. Amazon Prime. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Maybe I should learn to fly. It's not too late, right? I could learn. What do you like best? The freedom, the view. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And uh, even though I don't have my pilot's license yet, I do feel comfortable that I could perform quite well. Uh, at least in a King Air. Now, when you get up to a commercial uh, airliner, I don't know. Maybe they could still talk me down. But I think, you know, with my experience in a 172, if I was uh, talked down with a tower or an instructor like they did in that movie uh, on a wing and a prayer on Amazon Prime, I think I could get the plane down and walk away walk walk away from it. Now, the, the plane may not roll anymore. I'm not promising I'd, I'd make the plane flyable, but I think I could get down okay. It wouldn't be uh, too tragic, I, I would hope. You think as that? long as the passengers walk away from it, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, well, I'm just talking about me. I don't, I'm not, I don't really care about the passengers. Well, you might. I'm, it could well, be your wife. I, well, okay. I, I guess I do. Yes, in case she's listening. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, check it out. And uh, but But when it comes to like, if you had to... No, land a 737. I don't know if having that experience, other than being a little familiar with the lingo uh, with tower and stuff, that might help you a little bit. But I don't think flying the plane necessarily, you know, uh, or I don't know, you'd understand some of the basic dynamics 
of uh, flying a big old jet, I guess, wouldn't you? Or would you? I, I, I think it would give you a good understanding. Uh, you know, it, it applies the same. You turn the yoke right and left to, yeah. to roll the wings and pull forward and backward, adjust your throttles. You know where to look for airspeed and right. what that means. And uh, you I'd probably still, never had to put the gear handle down, yeah. uh, but that'll be something new for you. I would still feel much more comfortable if they came on the uh, loudspeaker and said, is there a pilot on the plane? I'm like, oh, like, yeah, but I hope there's a better one than me. <laughs> and, and now you know why I try to refrain from drinking on the airplane because i'm always hoping there's that one time really i'll get that call up from the back you know yeah see that's not me <laughs> i'm not but, gonna but not drink you know, my dream is to i really do want to fly a commercial airliner i've yeah. always wanted to do that ever since i was in the military and we were being trained on the 737 200 um i've always wanted to be up front and start the engine and fly the airplane never thought that would be a possibility until now with our pilot shortage it's actually not that crazy of a goal. Mm-hmm. But another 200 more hours, I'm qual- I can qualify for an ATP. Well, that's just it. nuts. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a much better path to go with as opposed to uh, being called up to service when you're just flying on a Delta flight or something, though. I don't, know, I don't know, think like, I would want, I'd have want, to want that pressure. Me. Come on. Well, well, but, you know, on the other side of it, you know, you land the plane, you're the hero. Yay. But, you know, well, I can always go and talk to the Delta chief pilot at that point and go, hey, uh, I proved myself. How about a slot here? Okay. Well, you're assuming success, but yeah. Um, well, doesn't everybody? Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. You know maybe. maybe what we ought to do is reach out to somebody like JetBlue or Flight Safety or something like that. There's a bunch of simulators in Orlando Yeah, for, you know, commercial pilots. Maybe we ought to see about how to get you into the box and see could could average Joe pilot fly an airplane and land it. Hmm. I think about. it would be, uh, it, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, with, with what I know, I, I, it's kind of the same thing. I think I could get the plane down probably uh, safe enough where, you know, everybody would be able to walk away from it, hopefully. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think a few years ago, the Aviators uh, series um, had done something like that. They took the, one of their pilots, and he was able to demonstrate that he could, in fact, land an airliner. Yeah. It may not have been pretty. Right. It wouldn't That's be probably I mean. the smoothest landing, but, you know, people walked away from it. Might not be able to, you know, fly the plane again, but people were able to uh, walk away from it. That would be, be the thing. I mean, because just having the basic uh, knowledge of, uh, as a pilot, knowing that, you know, like if you lose power, you lose an engine, it doesn't mean the plane's going to fall straight to the ground. That's what most people think that don't know anything about airplanes, including yeah, me. Yeah, they think that that engine quits, I it started. falls like a rock. Right, exactly. And we know, as pilots, that's just not the case. Unless it's a Piper Arrow. Otherwise, and sorry, Jarek, that's just a, a poke at my neighbor. <laughs> oh, okay, of course. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you at least keep the angle of attack okay. Uh, you're not going to just fall out or start spinning down to the ground. Right. And that's yeah. why they call it best glide speed. Yeah, exactly. Know? But if you're not you familiar time. with that process or I don't have any exposure to, you know, uh, learning to fly airplanes and stuff, you, you don't understand that concept. And uh, that would be enough right there for you to freak out probably. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, any knowledge is useful, whether it's enough to get you down safely and that kind of thing, uh, I guess that's the big wild card. I wouldn't want to be tested. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'd prefer just to work through the process, and I would suggest the same for you, Dennis. I, I don't think you should want to be called up uh, out of the 
passengers uh passenger area of the airplane to, hey could uh, we have a pilot come up and help us out land this aircraft but remember it just happened that just happened a few weeks ago uh, there was a commuting southwest airlines uh, pilot that actually did wind up coming up out of the back seat and helping you know the, the co-pilot land an airliner recently yeah, but he so, was he was a pilot himself. He's right? a pilot himself. It does help, but yeah. it, you know the it it could happen. You know, it's not just going to be you know somebody calling on the PA like striker in airplane. You know, yeah. Well, that's what you're thinking. I think yes, yeah. And you know, it'd be fun to live uh, that moment and say you survived it and and performed well. But it's another thing to actually have to do it. And yeah, uh, and the likelihood, I mean, with the medical testing that we're doing for pilots, you know, every year or every six months, depending on their age and the redundancies that we have, the likelihood of that happening is is so remote. Right. Let's hope it doesn't happen and uh, just work through the process and train properly. So, you know, you, you train for it and you're good for it, but you don't want to be tested is my point. All right, let's move on to another story. We have some uh, updates on uh, the B-17. You know, we see these classic aircraft at all the air shows uh, usually, but uh, that could be changing. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. Uh, There is actually a pending airworthiness directive that's expected to come out in the next couple of weeks, and it all stems from an issue that was encountered with the EAA's B-17 when it was on a tour down here in Fort Myers again. Mm. Isn't that kind of uh, you know, strange. It was in my backyard. They yeah. were down here for an air show doing rides, and they went out to pre-flight the airplane and noticed some cracks in the wing spar webs, I believe it was. And so they grounded the airplane, and it's been grounded for nearly two years while they've been trying to figure out and work with Boeing on how to fix and, you know, procure parts to repair an airplane that's, you know, well over 90 years old. So this is a quite a bit of a challenge. And it turns out that they've done some further inspections on other B-17s that are actively flying and finding similar patterns of cracking. And so the that's where the FAA is putting out this airworthiness directive. And the Yankee Air Museum is actually the latest to publicize that they are going to be grounding their B-17 for the 2023 flying season hmm. uh, because of this pending airworthiness uh, action. So until they can figure out, you know, a permanent repair, they don't want to risk you know, people and the aircraft with continued sightseeing flights. Okay. And as far as uh, the repair potential, uh, I mean, it's not something you could just replace those, that area of sheet metal and spars or whatever. It's not that simple or what? It's it's not because it's actually wing structure. So they're actually having to work with, uh, with Boeing to replace, uh, you know, or come up with some sort of a repair program, a patch, a uh, replacement metal. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's the wing spar. I mean, we're talking the thick bulk structure that's got most of the bending forces of the wing that does a lot of the support. It's not the the ribs and, that are, you know, just kind of helping maintain the airplane's shape. It's actually that big structural truss. Yeah. And Boeing's you know, like, kind hey, of a big deal. look, it's 90 years old. What do you want from us? Come on. Well, they never designed them to last more than about, you know, 20 hours. Well, <laughs> one trip, okay. uh, hopefully one trip to Berlin and back, you know. Yeah. All right. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all going to die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're gonna be okay. You gotta fly, got to fly away. No need to be afraid. Just gotta fly, got to fly away. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so uh, we have a airport. Where exactly that's uh, uh, potentially having some issues? Uh, Leesburg, Virginia. All right. And the problem is it might get shut down or they may lose a ton of traffic because they're having an issue with the FAA and how they're towering or lack of towering of the airport. Is that the case or what? That's right. Leesburg has been an experiment with the FAA for a couple of years now. They actually, instead of building a, uh, an actual control tower, you know, a building with the cab, glass cab at the top, they were deploying a system created by Saab, which is basically a big pole with a bunch of cameras mm-hmm. and antennas on it. And what they did is they, they put the air traffic controllers in a building, you know, miles away from the airport instead of having them sitting in a tower cap. The idea is it's a lot less expensive to put up a pole and some cameras and build out, you know, a nice off, nice office suite than it is to site build, uh, you know, an eight, 10 story control tower. Right. So they were looking at this as an experiment, and it's been, you know, received quite well apparently by the pilots. Business aviation is finding it's much more, uh, much less chaotic, I should say, getting in and out of Leesburg because you actually have an air traffic controller instead of an uncontrolled field. Mm-hmm. But now the FAA has revised their plan, and they want stiffer requirements for air traffic control. And after a series of discussions and decisions between them and Saab. They've announced that they're going to end this uh, this test uh, remote tower program uh, June 14th. Hmm. So the city of Leesburg is now scrambling, going, hey, you know, what's going to happen? We've got operators are telling us we don't want to fly in Leesburg. There's too much traffic. If we don't have a control tower, we, you know, we're going to have to go elsewhere. Right. And so they're looking at, you know, the impact to the city, impact of revenue to the FBO, um, you know, loss of use for the, of the airport type of a thing. Uh, so... You know, what do we do? We yeah. could try to quickly build, you know, and get the funding to build a tower. That's going to take years. Well, what's so, the problem? I mean, it sounds like the experiment actually has been somewhat successful, at least according to the pilots. But the FAA has seen an issue or have they had incidents or do we know? Well, as you've heard, there's been a lot of runway incursion type of uh, incidents that have occurred in the news near misses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the FAA is looking at it, it's like we need, you know boots on the ground, eyes in the sky type of a thing. And we, and this remote tower is maybe not meeting what they feel that is necessary to help prevent these types of incidents. Mm. Could well. it be fixed uh, with technology? Maybe. I know you're a big fan of AI. So, well, you know, I don't maybe- know if fan is the right word, <laughs> but uh, I, I actually did hear about this story. And one of the solutions uh, proposed was, you know, would this be, a situation where you'd put uh, an AI in control and actually made the decisions to route the traffic around the aircraft uh, patterns, and could they do it better and manage it better than a, a human? And the the theory was that the AI actually could; it could you know manage it much better and more efficiently and quicker 
than a human could. And uh, I do wonder if that actually is a viable uh, solution with some checks, of course. You don't want it uh, going crazy, and next thing you know, it's like, I'll show those humans and crash those planes into each other. You know, you got to have some kind of fail-safe. But uh, you you would think that maybe that this is the kind of thing that AI could potentially help because it can think so much faster than we could. You think, Dennis? It can, but it doesn't have the human factor in it. And how does it respond to changes? You know, I've, I've actually sat in a center working, you know, side by side with a controller while he was directing traffic. And all of a sudden, you know, he had a plan all worked out for how to get this, uh, this twin engine airplane through an area of icing. And all of a sudden, two military planes show up out of their, uh, uh, their little, uh, military operating area. And, well, there went his whole plan because now all of a sudden he's got to get those guys through. And so I don't know if in an AI, when you got student pilots that aren't responding or are hard to understand, you're going to have to translate, you know, their radio calls and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that you got to overcome that the human just handles. So, you know, chat Bob in the tower or real Bob, you know, which, which, which is going to be better. And right now, I don't know that the pilots would be willing to accept uh, a AI as their air traffic controller. So well, that's another. I, that, that is an issue for sure. But I think, uh, you know, what the FAA is concerned about is that the air traffic controllers are being overwhelmed and there's uh, too much traffic and not enough controllers to monitor them. And I think that's where maybe, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this is the solution. I'm just saying maybe it is one of those things where AI could get involved or, you know, play a part to help facilitate that where they could do, they could handle more traffic with less people because you got AI helping out in, in that regard and can think quick and stuff. But I don't know, maybe not, you know, I could see that being more beneficial in the en route phase. Um, you know, when you're going from sector to sector and just getting handled from controller to controller, mm-hmm. that's pretty simple. You've got a known flight path. The only thing that might come up is having to deviate for weather um, or emergencies or something like that. So I think that area, having that automated, I think we can see that coming in the near future. Yeah. Um, the other thing that would actually speed up and simplify that a lot, too, is to get away from doing radio calls. I know we're already doing that in the airline world where air traffic control is actually able to send instructions you know, directly to the flight deck. You know, if we could expand that instead of trying to check in on a frequency, I don't know if you've been flying much, but when you uh, try to, well, look at what happened when we were coming back from Bimini. How many radio calls did it take? to finally get a hold of Fort Lauderdale approach right. to be able to check in with them. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, we were being handed off and it took like three different radio calls and we're trying to, you know, get a word in edgewise on a busy frequency. If I could just hit a button on four flight and acknowledge, you know, checking in and tower comes back and says, okay, Roger, uh, proceed right, you know, right downwind for 10, right, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. That would be very effective instead of trying to say that over the radio. Yeah. Again, well, it's going to take a lot of upgrades of technology that we don't have, and pilots, I'm sure, are going to complain about the costs, uh, as as we are wont to do. We are cheap. Well, I, the AI stuff, uh, it's just a matter of an app, you know, so... Yeah, on the, on the center <laughs> side of it, it'd probably be transparent. You yeah. could have, you know, one controller overseeing and the, the AI telling, you know, showing him what traffic's coming and having him do some of the interaction. Yeah, that might might reduce the number of controllers we need at center, mm-hmm. which would then free those people up to be put out where we 
can't replace them with a computer yet, maybe at the local tower right. or a local the, approach control. And then you have the added ba- uh, advantage or disadvantage. Uh, the, the voice coming from the AI could be Jay-Z, Kanye, or Drake. You know, and they could even start rapping a song for you for your entertainment in between. Can we get some better, you know, David Attenborough, uh, James Earl Jones, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you get your pick. You know, but it can make things a little bit more uh, entertaining. Press one to choose Nick Cage. Press two. (laughs) If you would like the Terminator. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a 1099 a month fee. Right. (laughs) Well, maybe. But uh, I do think this is one of those uh, areas that that AI might be able to come in and actually help in a good way, at least for the interim period, to kind of you know, offset some of the demand on all the people necessary to manage, you know, runway incursions, you know, traffic and, and things like that. I think some of that stuff could be monitored like that, but I don't know. That might be, that might be me being overly optimistic in that regard. You know, I, well, in the meantime, the FAA still got a backlog of, uh, of air traffic controllers that they are supposedly hiring 1500 more this year. And they have even more that they need. They've got retirements coming up. So, you know, if you want to get into flying and you Now's don't really want to be a pilot, yeah. look, into, look into air traffic control. It's a great career as well. Well, it doesn't stop there. Uh, mechanics, pilots, you name Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, all we, across we the board. More. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're looking for a career change. Now's the time to consider aviation. No or if you're a high school student it. and yeah. looking for career options. <laughs> or career number two, like Dennis, maybe down the road. Who knows? Something to enhance his retirement in a few years, you think? You know, it wouldn't be a surprise. Well, that'll do it for this week. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.